BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Are you kidding me? Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in Winning Cures Everything. It is the Tuesday, March 22nd edition of the show. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And Chris, uh, we both went to Disney last week. Everything went well, I would assume. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, was, it was good. Uh, I spent one day uh, playing on my phone because my family crapped out on me. And, uh, and so I, I got to hang out by myself and kind of goof off. And not bad. Not be, bad. Be silly and whatever. Just enjoy a day of not having to do anything. That is not too shabby. I took the uh, the family down, so both of my parents and then uh, my wife's mother. And, uh, and of course, the toddler. We met up with some family on, on one of our off days. And it was it was lovely. You know, you've said this in the past. Uh, Disney treats your kids really well, and and for yep. that, you will continue to go back over and over and over again. And right. uh, and I, I'm a hundred percent there with you. Like everything about this trip was centered around the toddler, and right. and it was great. I mean, he yep. it, he's he's still at the age he's almost four. So he's at that age where everything is magical and the pirates are real and Peter Pan is actually a real person, you know, all that kind of crap, right? And and he loved sure. it, absolutely loved it. So we will we'll be doing it again. It might not be in the next year, but uh, but we'll be doing it again because we've already started making plans for whenever we do the next one. So so it's uh you, you're 100 percent right. You know, I haven't done this in quite some time where we actually went and enjoyed you know, a bunch of the parks and spent all day and did all that kind of stuff. It's, uh, it's great, man. That uh, you, you are dead on. This is a fantastic vacation to, uh, to take the kids to. So you, yeah, uh, they, do, they, do, they do a good job and they, they take care of your kids. And, and, and that's what I've always said is, you know, I can, I can go to a lot of places in the world and I can do a lot of things where people cater to me. Um, and, uh, and Disney's one of those places where, you know, they cater to, to, to grownups, they cater to adults, they'll take care of you if you're there without kids and stuff too. But, but if you bring your children, they will make your children feel like 
it's like they are the most important thing in the world. Oh, you and, bet they And they, they will, they will, they just, they're really good at those things. So I will tell you this. Uh, we did Disney, uh, we did three, three days of Disney parks, right? And, and then we did Universal on Friday. And the difference between the way that those two operations are run is uh, it's, it's a chasm. It is just huge. Disney has the customer service aspect completely down. I mean, everything about their stuff is organized, and if you have any kind of an issue, they will sort it out. And with Universal, it is, hey, once you get in, you fend for yourself, right? It's a whole different deal. So I was uh, I was a little huh. shocked by that, but, uh, but yeah, Universal was good too. Like I, I had no problem with the. I can't I can't speak to you that. I've never darkened the doors. Universal, I'm not against it. My kids are just not at that age where they're into it yet. And uh, I I know that it is more, you know, like bigger rides, roller coasters, yeah. things like that. And I'm never going to do that shit because I'm a huge baby. <laughs> and uh, and so, you know, it's probably going to be a while before we ever do something of that nature. But I'm not opposed to it. You know, I'm, I'm, I worship, you know, J.K. Rollins and Harry Potter's the greatest story that's ever been oh, told. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, one day I will get there. But. That's, my wife is a, you know, my wife is a massive, massive Harry Potter fan. And that was the main reason why we went. But Lincoln, man, my toddler spent most of the day at uh, Dr. Seuss Land. And I loved it, loved it almost as much as he loved Disney. So it was, yeah. it was pretty crazy. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. So let's, uh, let's talk about some of the stuff that happened while we were gone. The big news of the day and whatnot. We'll start off with that. Matt Ryan. What? is being traded from the Atlanta Falcons to the Indianapolis Colts. That happened late on Tuesday of, uh, excuse me, late on Monday. Uh, this is the Tuesday show. And uh, it appears that he is being traded for a third-round pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. That appears to be one of the picks that the Colts got from the Commanders for Carson Wentz. And, uh, you know, the odds shifted from 30-1 to to 25-1 to for the Colts to win the Super Bowl next year. Uh this was a little bit surprising. Uh, none of the details have emerged as of yet regarding the cap hit, uh, what the Falcons are going to pick up regarding the contract as opposed to what the Colts are going to pick up, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, give me your thoughts on this. What, what have we got going on with the Colts and the Falcons? Um, I think Matt Ryan is a huge upgrade from Carson Witt. That That is clear and evident and, and, and straightforward. Um, I, I'm curious. I know that the Colts were one of the teams that were interested in Baker. We'll get into that next. Yep. But uh, I, I'm very curious to see, hmm, do they think Matt Ryan is an upgrade to Baker? And then I was trying to put myself in that situation. Uh, salary-wise, there's – look, Baker's got his problem. Baker's got his flaws. Salary-wise, there's no way on earth I'd pay the money Matt Ryan's paying that when you could pay it to Baker. Baker's making Agreed. substantially less, I would guess, than Ryan. Um, I haven't looked at the contract. Well, he's, still under, he's still under a rookie deal. So he, He's on his rookie deal, but he's in the fifth year of the rookie deal, which is the big money deal. Yes. Um, and, and, and I just have to assume, though, even that big money deal here is substantially less than what Matt Ryan's making. And is that is that better? Um, maybe the, the, the Browns are looking for a better draft pick than, than third rounder, and that's why, you know, they went with the Ryan route, but um, you know, it, it's hard to look because you can't look at these things in a vacuum. You have to look at them in context of what they are. And and so, uh, 
player-wise, I think they got a massive upgrade. I think in Frank Wright's system, a guy like Matt Ryan will flourish, and he will do really, really well. I, I, I like that move for them a lot. Uh, Baker is this year set to make $18.8 million. Oh, wow. And, and, and is Ryan in the 40s? Uh, yeah, it's in the 40s. Yeah, so it's a monster. Like a, just, just a good, yeah, so so I would take Baker in this fall. I would take Baker at half the cost right now. Well, and see, that's no that's what we don't know about the financials right now. Like, are, are the Colts going to pick up only half of that contract and the Falcons are well, going to pay the rest? Or Because we've seen now, if stuff we like find that. Out, if we find out that the Falcons are eating some of that money, then, then, then we're having a different conversation. If the money's equal, I would take Ryan over Baker. That, I, I would do that. Yes, and I, I tend to agree. I tend to agree. I think but uh, it's, I think, it's, I think it's close enough to where I'd have to look at the money and I'd have to look at the draft assets that are being traded. Uh, Matt Ryan this year set to make ah eh, okay so his well spot rack has already come up with uh looks like his cap hit for the Colts is going to be twenty eight million his roster bonus seven point five million uh or no 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 sorry for twenty twenty two uh it's going to be twenty three point seven five million seven point five million is a roster bonus. Uh, sixteen point two five million is the base salary. So his cap hit for oh. the Colts is only twenty three million. In, in that now, situation, for some reason, I thought it was a huge number. It, like, it was a, for, a for the Falcons. Huge. For the Falcons, it's like a forty eight million dollar number. Okay, that's that's what I, I was gonna say. Man, I know I creeped me off by twenty something million dollars. No, no, no. It's a, for the Falcons, so the Falcons must be picking up some of that. They, this stuff has not. We're looking at it on Tuesday after, or excuse me, on Monday afternoon. And, and we don't have all of the details of this trade yet. So we, we know that money can be moved around on these contracts. Um, but it, it looks like the Colts have got him for two years locked up. Uh, his cap hit next year is going to be $28 million. Uh, that's nothing. That's nothing to pay okay. for a quarterback if, if he's actually doing a good job. And, and, and so in this context, then, better deal than Baker because you're going to have to pay Baker. So yes. Baker is going to get a new deal. He's a one-year deal. You trade for him, and, and 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 I'm bringing him up because he's the obvious other option that would have been in this conversation. And 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 you're only getting him for a year to the two, and you know that second while this first year probably getting a whole lot cheaper uh, than than what you're paying now. Yeah. But but that second year would be a lot because he ain't signing a one-year deal. Yeah. No, you uh, you're right about that. You are right about that. So let's talk about where the Falcons are going after this. Uh, all reports point to Marcus Mariota possibly going to Atlanta, joined back up with Arthur Smith. Of course, Smith was the offensive coordinator for the Titans the year that Mariota got benched for Ryan Tannehill. Now, that's going to be kind of interesting. Uh, you know, obviously, it's not some kind of grand reunion or anything like that, but these are two guys that are familiar with each other. Uh, there are, of course, reports out that uh, the Falcons have really been doing their homework on Malika Willis. They do have the number eight pick in the NFL draft, and we're only about a month away, a little over a month away from the NFL draft, which I am excited about. Draft night for us is always a big deal, so obviously we will be here live for the first round, as we always are. But um, give me your thoughts on the Falcons' quarterback situation. Uh, you know, Right now, their quarterback room consists of Felipe Franks and Josh Rosen, do they go out after a Marcus Mariota? Uh, do, do you think that that makes sense for them? Or uh, do you, do they maybe draft a guy this year and just go ahead and, and put his feet to the fire? Uh, I, I think there's a chance they could do both. 
Because I think Marcus is going to get a one-year deal no matter what, right? Like, if they yeah. went and got a, a one-year guy like a Marcus, uh, you know, so I, and I think he's probably the best available at that cost, yeah. um, in my opinion, then, um, then you know, I think that's okay for them. I think that's a good deal for them. And you still draft a guy because you only signed a one-year basically stopgap. If the rookie comes in and the rookie's ready to play, then then you got no problems, you got no questions, you got no issues. You go to work. And, and you start the rook. If you, you know, don't think he's ready and he's to sit for a year, you got a guy like Marcus who can run your offense. You're familiar with him. And if you're going to get a Malik Willis, then Marcus is the guy you want to draft or, or go sign. Because you can – not that they're the same guy, but you wouldn't want to sign an Andy Dalton yeah, and, exactly. and, and draft a Malik Willis. Because now you're you're trying to teach everybody in your system – Two completely different offenses. Yes, yes, I think you're right. I think you are right. Let's uh, let's move on. Let's talk a little college basketball before we close out the show with even more football. Uh, we are moving into the Sweet 16. You and I did not talk, and this is the first time that we have ever done this. We both took vacation during the opening of the NCAA tournament. Uh, we both needed a vacation. I will certainly say that. But let's talk about Sweet 16. We're not necessarily going to make picks about the Sweet 16 right now. Um, but uh, I'm curious, your thoughts on who is going to make the Final Four out of the 16 that we've got. We have got, in the West, Gonzaga against Arkansas, Texas Tech against Duke, and the two winners will play each other for the Final Four. In the East, you've got North Carolina against UCLA, and then you've got Purdue against St. Peter's, and the Peacocks, of course, being the big story of the tournament thus far, a 15 seed in the Sweet 16. In the South region, you got Arizona against Houston, and then Michigan against Villanova. And then finally, in the Midwest, you've got Kansas against Providence and Miami against Iowa State, a 10 seed against an 11 seed. Uh, some pretty fun matchups. Uh, you've got 31 combined national titles between the teams that are in the Sweet 16, and that is a pretty, pretty awesome deal. you got big, big names in this. We'll, uh, we'll talk here in a minute about the SEC and the Big Ten, uh, kind of underwhelming, of course. But, uh, but give me your thoughts here. I, I've got who I think is going to make the Final Four out of this group. But uh, but I'm curious your thoughts. So you uh, you want me to go through those lists again, or do you have an idea in your head of of who so you I'm, think is going to make it? I'm I'm guessing the best way I can because I don't have a bracket in front of me. I don't know who plays who. Gotcha. Okay. So and, and and if you just try to run it off again, it, it you know it's not going to do a whole lot of good. <laughs> I like Arkansas. I think Arkansas tough. Somebody's coming out of this SEC. Um, our our conference was too strong to not have somebody uh, come through. The team that I like the most. That is left in the tournament. It's Houston. Houston. I, 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 I'm going to tell you this. I know, and we'll get to it in a minute. I know LSU has a job opening, um, it, it, and it is because of NCAA issues. Kelvin Sampson's uh, been uh, uh, had some of those problems in the past, so I think there's zero chance that they'll go with him. I love Kelvin Sampson. There's never a team that that man coaches that I just don't think is the toughest team on, on the planet. They're no, long, with you. they're athletic, and, and, and they are mentally and physically tougher than anybody they play. They, don't, they, they do not care. that There's no way there should be a five seed. There's not 20 teams in the country better than them. Uh, they're a five seed because of name only and, and because they're, you know, they're from the little old well, uh, American. Well, well let's let, let, let's correct that. Let's correct the reason they were a five seed. Trust me, their their Ken Palm rating. They are number two in the country, but they did not have a single quad one win 
other than yeah, against Memphis. That's the conference that they're in. Agreed, agreed. But they, that's what I'm saying. Every quad one opportunity that they had this season, they lost. Early in the, so the resume wasn't there to give them a really high seed. That doesn't mean that they're not a fantastic basketball team, which they always are. Uh, you talked about an LSU job opening, by the way. Uh, that is not open anymore. That deal is done. Uh, Murray State's Matt McMahon is the new LSU basketball guy. We'll talk about that when we get oh, to the coaching carousel in okay. just a little bit. All right, I did. So, okay, got yeah, it. That's just happened um, within the last little bit. So, um, so but yeah, so I like I Houston. Like, I like Houston. I like I like Houston, and I like um, um, uh, 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 Michigan. Michigan. Those those are in Arkansas. So I don't know who plays who. They might match <laughs> up against one another. Houston um, and Michigan uh, will will like they will have to match up against each other. Uh, I will tell you who I've got. Uh, in in the West, I've got Gonzaga, and I think that they'll meet up against UCLA in the Final Four again. Uh, so that's the West against the East. And then the South, uh, you've got Arizona and Houston playing, and then Michigan and Villanova. I think Villanova ends up coming out of that one. I could totally see Houston. Uh, I mean, the ratings actually have Houston favored in that game. I don't know what the odds are as we speak, but uh, but Houston should, according to the numbers, actually be favored over the one-seed Arizona there. Uh, and then in the Midwest, Kansas against Providence, Miami against Iowa State. I think Kansas probably gets that one done. Uh, Providence, you know, their their advanced metrics, not great, but they do have some old dudes. I could see Providence winning that game, and then it's just a free-for-all. I have no idea if Kansas doesn't get out of that one. But, uh, but yeah, Gonzaga against UCLA, Villanova against Kansas, I think that's what the Final Four will look like. Uh, but but I could totally see Houston getting there, or or Michigan, one of those other ones. And, uh, and well, Arkansas I, is going to get Gonzaga into this props. tournament. Yeah. I, I wouldn't in this tournament saying this. I don't believe any of the one seeds are actually one seeds because I don't think and that's that they're not deserving. I don't think there's any difference in them in in the in the number ten team. I just don't. Yeah. You can look at the resumes and that's fine. But but I'm just telling you, I think this is a year one seeds ain't making it. It's not gonna be very chalky. It's been way more chalky than I thought. But uh but if we end up with two one seeds in this final four, I will be I will be absolutely shocked. Um I'll tell you a team that I would bet Substantial amounts of money on ain't making it, okay? And and that's a team that should have lost yesterday, and and Michigan State's just not very good, and that is the Duke Blue Devils. I, let me let me tell you what I see when I watch this team. Now I've only watched this team. I watched both North Carolina games throughout the regular season, the last game they lost, and, and then and then I've saw them in the ACC tournament, and I've seen them in this tournament, okay? So it's not like I've watched them all year. But what I see from Duke is a team that mirrors their coach in the sense of – and most people say, well, that's got to be a great thing. That's got to be a compliment because it's Coach K. And let me tell you what I mean by that. I think they play selfish-ass basketball. And they got a coach that has made this season all about him and these players have every, – every, every possession, it's all about them. They do not play like a team. They do not pass the ball the way they used to. They do not share the ball. They, 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 they go down. They play ISO ball. And, and as soon as they play a good team, because they haven't played a good team yet in this tournament, as soon as they do, they will lose. Well, that will probably be in this first game in the Sweet 16 against Texas Tech. Well, yeah. I, I'm curious but, but, what they're going to look Michigan like. State, Michigan, look, I love it. Michigan yeah. State's not a good team. And everybody in the world said Michigan State's not a good team. Okay. It, it, they, they got lucky to play Michigan State. Yeah, I think so. I think, uh, I think they kind of set that matchup. I mean, Michigan State had to play Davidson. Uh, Duke, of course, had a 15 seed in the first round, which, you know, obviously Kentucky <laughs> let us know that uh, that you can't take anything for granted. But, uh, but yeah, at Duke against Texas Tech, at what the Red Raiders are doing on defense, of course, 
it just continues on, even without Chris Beard, they are awesome. Like, they are going that's to make it a grind out game. Yeah. Hey, man, I'm going to tell you, Houston joining the Big 12, Jesus, man, next year. Oh, yeah. Big 12 is going to be stunk. Oh, and in basketball, it's going to be crazy. Absolutely that's what crazy. Yeah. They, they, are, they have really stepped their game up in basketball. Now, as long as Kelvin Sampson's there, and, and he will be there for the duration. I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't, I don't foresee because, him not being there, yeah. Yeah, I think he's – I mean, he's getting close to retirement age. Uh, but when he de- oh. like when he decides to hang it up, I think Houston has kind of let it be known, hey, Kelvin's son is probably going to take over. Well, and I don't – man, though, be, be real careful about retirement age, okay? That man took his shirt off in that locker room, and he danced <laughs> with champagne getting poured all over him. And and I'm going to tell you, he, he looks like he's in fine shape. Okay. Agreed. Agreed. No, you are not wrong about that. Let's uh let's look. He is he is sixty six years old, so he, he I mean oh, maybe he's geez. not he close. He coached another twelve years, fifteen yeah. years. He he coached he's for a while. Any? Come on. So I, 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 I know everybody I talked that. about this uh, not that long ago. He's been there since twenty fourteen. Um yep. you know, it's it's interesting. I don't think he's going anywhere. I'll I'll just say that. I don't think he's going anywhere. So Oh no, well, with them joining the Big Twelve, there aren't a whole lot of jobs that have taken the Kelvin Sampson that 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 are better than what he's got. Yeah. No, no, you're not wrong. Uh, the way that Houston is set up right now, uh, it's a good league for them to be in. And I, I'll tell you, this, how, about, how about this? We'll move this to the next conversation, all right? I want to know who is the bigger fraud in the tournament. Is it the Big Ten or the SEC? SEC, uh, only one of their six teams made it to the Sweet 16. I think the Big Ten had seven teams in. Only one of theirs made it into the Sweet 16. Now, this is two straight years for the Big Ten. But with the SEC, like their their top-seeded teams got dropped pretty quickly. Uh, they've only got yeah, Arkansas early. left. Uh, for the Big Ten, Michigan, who a lot of people didn't even think would be in the tournament, they end There's up There's a lot being, of people don't think Michigan deserves to be in the tournament. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, not, they wouldn't be in the tournament. They don't think they deserve it. No, I, what were they eighteen and fourteen? I think when they got into uh, selection Sunday. So you know, it's it's rough. They didn't play well for most of the season, but they got two wins over higher seeded teams, Colorado State and Tennessee. Uh, so now Michigan, an eleven seed, is the only Big Ten team in the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, were either of these teams frauds, or do you kind of go with the same idea that I do that? These teams just beat each other up all year in really strong conferences, and once you get to the tournament, it's it's hard to play through it. I I don't I don't think it's a they beat each other up, and and it's hard to play through it situation. I and I don't think they're frauds either. I I think this is a situation where this is what we talked about when there's parity in the game in the sport. Um, that there's just I know these teams were supposed to be good. But the separation between them and everybody else isn't a lot. Yeah. I mean, we've it, seen a ton just, of close it's games. It's just not. So, like, like, okay, Kentucky should not be losing to St. Peter's. Okay, that's an upset. All right? But the difference between Michigan and Tennessee is nothing. Nothing. That's a coin flip game, and it would have been a coin flip game almost all year. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not like, wrong. About I know. That. I know. Vegas is going to have their numbers, and people are going to look at it and say, "Oh, yeah, but this team's supposed to be." Yeah, supposed to don't care when you when you get the ball in the air. Yeah, you're it not wrong matter. about that. And so, so <laughs> when because you're talking about some of these teams, 
um, you know, we, we just talked about them. I mean, Houston or, or even, uh, you know, some of these other teams that are like 10 seeds or 7 seeds. They're from big boy conferences. Yeah. You know, like these are not small team jumps. They're, they're just not. No, the only the only real Cinderella here is is Saint Mary or so, excuse me Saint Peter's Saint Peter's um, and uh, there's no doubt you're talking a little bitty little bitty little bitty school. Yep, New in Jersey the of New Jersey. That's how how much fun is that going to be in Philly? Right, Saint Peter's headed to Philly. It's only like an 80, 90 minute drive. Like <laughs> that place will be slammed with Peacock fans. I'm loving it. But well, they, uh, they only they only got three thousand students at that school, but all three thousand better be. Oh, I, I'd have a feeling it, it won't be like students. I think there's going to be a lot of people from Jersey that are just adopting this team. Like, I, I, Ooh, that's, yeah, that's just the way why I not? feel about it. Yeah. Well, so, why not? All about the Peacocks. But, uh, but yes, yeah, so, you know, you've got, you've got just big-time matchups. I think all of these, you can see a way for every single team that's left. And this is where it really gets fun is because all of these teams that are in the Sweet 16 can now envision a national title, Right. I gotta do is win four more. I, I don't. I, I don't think St. Peter's can. I really do believe that's <laughs> the true Cinderella that is playing above the rim right now. Yeah, but it, you, you you're know. telling me that they just beat Murray State, who had not lost since what, like early December. Uh, you're telling me they just beat Murray State and they beat Kentucky before that. Who everybody, uh, honestly, Kentucky in the ESPN bracket challenge was the most picked team to win the national title. Now a lot of that has to do with the fact that there's a ton of Kentucky fans. But Kentucky was a two seed. Like St. Peter's is looking at this, going, "Man, you telling me all we got to do is is beat Purdue, like who was ranked below one of the teams that we just beat, and then we got to beat either North Carolina, who hadn't been very good all year, and just started picking up steam, or or UCLA, who has trouble scoring, and then we're in a Final Four. Like I think they're, I think they have talked themselves into it. I think everybody in this bracket believes that they can get there and they can win a national title. I really do." Okay. <laughs> now, do we think I wouldn't that they're going it. to? I wouldn't no. hate it. No, I wouldn't <laughs> hate it. I just, I just don't think there's any chance. I, you know, I'd love to see it. I'd love, love, love to see it. But Same I, here. You know. Same here. Don't think it's uh, As far as the college basketball coaching carousel, before I do some podcast reads and tell you guys where you can find us, all that good stuff. Uh, so we'll talk LSU fired Will Wade, and and you and I never got to talk about that last week because obviously we were out yep. of town. But, uh, but yes, Will Wade, before the tournament begins, I don't know that I have ever seen a team fire a coach heading into the NCAA tournament. I don't well, know that I, that's I got ever all the, I got all the ins and outs and details of all of that. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's all got to do with the, the notice of allegations and, and all that. And the NCAA dug up more dirt on Will Wade and the joint bank account and payments made to players out of that and blah, 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 blah than the FBI did. Which is just insane. So, <laughs> you know, I understand the firing him, and you knew eventually it was going to get to this point if they were able to find stuff. But Scott Woodward said, "So, I, so I, we just we disagreed. We okay. just disagreed there. Okay, no, go ahead. Because because they have stuff on Bruce Pearl, and they have stuff on Bill Self, and all these other schools have just as much dirt. And those schools said, you know what? We're cool. We're going give us our punishment." We're going to sign these guys to lifetime contracts. We don't care if we got to sit them down for a year or two. There are guys. Okay? There are guys. Woodward didn't hire him. Woodward wants to bring in his own guys. He's, he's, he made that clear when he 
took the AD job. This is his dream job. This is his alma mater. And in three years, he has hired the men's basketball coach, the women's basketball coach, the baseball coach, which is a monster deal at LSU. Yes, it and is. And the football coach, which is a monster job in the country. Um, I, I think this is about Scott Woodward taking control of this athletic department that means a lot to him that uh, Joe Oliva let go to complete and utter shit. And yeah. the reason they had to fire him was simply because, A, they waited this long because when he renegotiated his deal, they wanted to make sure they could fire him for calls. And in his new deal that they gave him, he agreed that, that he's going to be fired for calls if the NCAA comes back from him. Okay. So, so that gets him off the hook for a bunch of people say, Oh, you paid him for three years. Yeah. And he took teams to tournaments every year. That yes, worked very good sometimes. Yeah. By the way, he made LSU a decent basketball school when we've never been even a good basketball school more than one year every five or six years. So um, that's the reason he got to stay on as long as he did. And the only reason they fired him is because Woodward wanted to bring his own guy in. That's it. Woodward likes to big game hunt. Woodward likes to go get his guys. And Will just wasn't that. That's it. Now, why fire him right before the tournament? Because what happens if he wins two games in a tournament? Oh, yeah. Oh, you're 100% now, right. See, this is the problem. The only reason he fired him right before the tournament was simply because what do you do if he goes on a run? What do you do if he wins three games? What do you do if he wins four? Now, all your plans are moved. All your plans are done. It's the same thing he did with, with, with Ed O'Dron. He, he pulled Ed aside and he said, we got to make the move now. Why? Because what do I do if your ass strings off three or four SEC wins in a row? What do I do if you go into Tuscaloosa and beat him? Yeah, it's, it, we I already know. Now I'm yeah. stuck with this guy. Now I'm stuck with you. Uh, and, and, and we already know what you are, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, it, so, what you were saying so beforehand. So that's the logic. That's, uh, it, that's uh, the reason. That's the science. Yeah. That's, that's everything that goes into it. No, Johnny Jones was the coach at LSU before Will Wade, right? Uh, Will Wade's first year in Baton Rouge was 2018, and they went 18 and 15, finished in Ken Palm, ranked number 66. The year before that, 2017, LSU was 10 and 21, and number 172 at Ken Palm. The year before that, 19 and 14, number 81 at Ken Palm. Uh, they were, let's see, 22 and 11 in 2015, but it was this thing was headed the wrong direction. Uh, under Will Wade, starting in 2019, number 19 at Ken Palm, 28 and 7. Number 37 at Ken Palm, 21 and 10. Uh, number 24 at Ken Palm, 19 and 10 last year. And then this year, number 22 at Ken Palm, 22 and 12. He made them a not only a respectable basketball school, but a damn good one that was that was good on the recruiting trail. And uh, people can talk yeah. about money and all that, but look. Money was exchanging hands everywhere in college basketball. For everybody. He convinced kids that normally wouldn't to come down to Baton Rouge. He found a way to get yep. it done. Bottom line. Yep. So, yep. Uh, Matt McMahon is, is the new guy from Murray State. And Murray State has been fantastic with John Morant and without John Morant. And it was time for Matt McMahon to get a big boy job. And they kind of fished around. For, for some big names, which is what Scott Woodward does. He, he makes people say no, 
But with the NCAA stuff that's going on around this basketball program, we don't know what the postseason ban situation will be like. We have no idea uh, what anything will be like when it comes to the basketball program. Uh, were you surprised at all that they were able to get somebody like McMahon who was up for a ton of other jobs? Sure. Yeah. No, I, I think it's a really good job to have. That's why. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think I think he realized, all right, I'm going to get a a big contract that will be for multiple, multiple years. And if there is some kind of punishment handed down from the NCAA that limits my ability to do the job well, then I have an AD that understands what I've walked into. So I, I yeah. think that's a, a pretty good, secure situation. Uh, very very similar to Chris Mack at Louisville. But, uh, but, I mean, Chris Mack took a ton of money to go from Xavier to Louisville. And it was it was too much for him to be able to handle. But at LSU, I think Matt McMahon will be able to handle this. So uh, there were a bunch of other stuff, uh, a bunch of other moves that went on. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Georgia taking Mike White from Florida. Now, this is another situation that I have not seen, which is a, I mean, I'm talking blood rival, right? Georgia and Florida hate each other in every sport. And... No, Florida did not necessarily want to keep Mike White. He was probably going to lose his job next year if they didn't do something miraculous. But to see Georgia take the Florida basketball coach, like the sitting Florida basketball coach, that was uh, that was interesting. Were you surprised by that one? Uh, not really, but I don't. You know, I don't. I don't really get into some of the stuff. I don't think it matters. I don't. You know. Yeah. No. 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 I, I, I know these. I know these guys hate. You know, the, the fans of everybody hate everybody, but, you know, you're not dealing with the fans. You're dealing with boosters. You're dealing with all these other guys that are just trying to damn – they're just trying to win. They're trying to do a good job. Yes. Yes, you were not wrong about that. Uh, Florida, in the meantime, has hired San Francisco's coach Todd Golden, who I don't know if you remember him, but he was one of the lead assistants for Bruce Pearl when he first got to Auburn 2014 through 2016. He moved to be an assistant at San Francisco, then got the head coaching job. He's only 36 years old, but out of that Bruce Pearl tree, I think he could fit really, really well at Florida. Uh, he did awesome things at San Francisco, so I, I think that is a pretty good move for them. Mississippi State fired Ben Howland, and they are hiring Chris Jans from New Mexico State. You remember when you and I went down to Samstown, I think it was 2019, and you and I sat and watched New Mexico State take Auburn down to the wire. Uh, I think it was a 78-77 loss. When New Mexico State got an upset this year against UConn in the first round of the tournament, Chris Jans has been awesome. Uh, but I was really surprised that that he took the Mississippi State job. Now this may just be a money thing, uh, but that was a that was a pretty big hire, I think, for Mississippi State. Uh, Maryland hiring Kevin Willard from Seton Hall. Uh, Xavier fired Travis Steele, and then they brought back in Sean Miller, who was the head coach there from 2004 through 2009. He went 120 and 47. He had an elite eight appearance and a sweet 16 appearance there. Uh, made the NCAA tournament four straight years before he left for the Arizona job. The other one that I wanted to bring up, South Carolina fired Frank Martin. Now, South Carolina ended the year ranked number 99 at Ken Palm. They were 18 and 13, 9 and 9 in the SEC. And... They were they were a pretty good basketball team for the majority of the year, but their metrics were so bad, they got passed over by the NIT and the NCAA tournament, and now Frank Martin is out. And, and of course, uh, Tanner, the, uh, the AD at South Carolina, is going to be looking for a new guy. I don't think it's crazy 
that they went ahead and fired Frank Martin. But uh, do we know that they're really going to be able to get somebody better? I think it, maybe it had just run its course since that Final Four back five years ago, you know? No, I think they made that move. And I think that was kind of negotiated or talked with because they, they fired Frank early enough for Frank to go get a, 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 another job. Yeah, I, I think I think the pressure in the SEC has ramped up so much that Frank might just go to, you know, maybe a little lower-level school where there is not as much pressure, yeah. and he can just he can coach ball. I think that's what he likes to do, you know. And in the SEC, you can't just do that. So, yep. so we'll see. We'll see. Let me uh, let me knock out some of these reads right quick. Um, the website, winningcureseverything.com. That is where you need to go to find everything you need to know about us, including where to subscribe to the podcast and the YouTube, etc. You can also watch the show on Twitch and on Twitter. So go ahead and knock those out. Uh, but the podcast. If you are subscribed, hit that unsubscribe button and resubscribe and uh, and leave us a five-star review. You can do that at Apple or at Spotify. Of course, you can get us on any of your favorite podcast apps. So go ahead and knock that out. The YouTube channel, consistently growing. We certainly appreciate everybody that was here last week while we were not. Uh, but yes, the YouTube. Hit subscribe on that. Make sure that you like this video and that you jump into the comments. We love to see the comments. Twitter, you can always follow us at GaryWCE, at ChrisBGiannini, or at WinningCures. And if you want to hear more of my beautiful voice, then you can do so at BetUSTV or see my smiling mug, whatever you want to do. BetUSTV.com is the place to do that. Now, let's jump into football. That is what we do best. Deshaun Watson has been traded to the Cleveland Browns, and he signed a five-year extension uh, I don't have the numbers pulled up in front of me. Chris, do you remember what it was? $126 million, 100 and, I think it was more than that, wasn't it? It was something uh, crazy. Watson, no, it's one, I think it's one. Watson is four, uh, 200, over $200 million. Okay, Hang so da, 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 I'm pulling up Deshaun Watson contract. Um, that's like 260 see. or something crazy. Let's see. Oh, five-year, $230 million contract. That's yeah, what it two, was. Four, yeah, I was about to say, yeah, it was way bigger than... That is, that is a fat fat contract the Browns said that they have done their due diligence they have done a huge huge dive into what all is going on with his uh you know his cases and whatnot that are that are currently pending currently going on but uh but you know no criminal charges being filed against Deshaun Watson so he will be playing next year it does appear um you know we let, let's talk about Watson and why he chose Cleveland uh first off what what were your thoughts on this um, I I think of the teams that were looking at him, uh, two of them are close. I think they were basically looking at the the Browns. They were looking at he was looking at the uh, the Saints. And he was looking at the Falcons. Um, I think the Saints are in in that order. I think Cleveland is better than the Saints outside of the quarterback position. I think the Saints are better than the Falcons, and the Falcons are last in that article or order of talent and ready to win. Um. You've got a uh, more established head coach, while all three of the head coaches are young and inexperienced. Uh, people in the league know who Stefanski is and and trust him more. So he went in the place with the. I, I would I would probably get the nod to better head coach as of right now. Uh, he's one coach of the year before. That's a big deal. Um, he's more talent, and then also, man, they showed him some love. You know, they guaranteed that whole contract that. We yeah. haven't had a single contract come through of this magnitude that didn't have 
opt out galores all over it. Oh yeah. And this is a hundred percent guaranteed. That is, uh, it's crazy. Uh, his base salary in 2022 is 1.035 million. Uh, that's the amount from which he would lose on a per-game basis if he's suspended by the NFL over the allegations of sexual assault, etc. So if he's suspended, he's not going to lose a bunch of that money this year, which is, yep. you know, a, a very smart. They, they work the contract yeah. in a way in which he he's protected. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to get some type of suspension, but but now that we know there's not going to be criminal charges, and, 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 and we can get into the case of Deshaun Watson if you want, Anytime you want. I've, I've, I've followed it. I've studied it. We talked about it early on. Um, you know, our early, and I will rehash our early arguments for this. When it first happened, and we ended up in a matter of a week, week and a half, we went from one complaint to 22 complaints. Yes. I, my my ini- initial argument was there's zero chance nothing happened. There's also zero chance all of it happened. That's just not. Agreed. It's somewhere in the middle, and and I, I will tell you that I know the justice system pretty well, okay? I, I, I was a criminal justice major in school, and, and I, I was very interested in, they want to be a cop, they want to know all that. I'm very interested in sentencing issues. Um, how do we get certain people, like certain charges on certain people? How, like how the ins and outs of this. I'm, I'm not an attorney. I'm not a lawyer. They would know it better than me. But, but I bet I know it better than most of the lay people. And, and I will tell you, when it comes to he said, she said, sexual assault type of things where there's very little to no evidence involved, it is almost impossible to get a conviction. It is very, very easy to get an indictment. It is very easy to get a charge. And when you go before a grand jury and you don't get an indictment, that, that there's not enough in what that says is they didn't have enough evidence for them to think it was more probable than not. Remember that phrasing? Oh, yeah. They didn't think there was probable cause. If you were driving home after the Chiefs uh, uh, won the AFC title game and, and Patrick Mahomes' goofy-ass wife sprayed champagne all over you and you got pulled over, you hadn't had a drink of alcohol all day, just the smell of the champagne being on your clothes is enough probable cause for you to potentially spend the night in jail and then impound your car. Okay? It's a probable, probable cause is not a complicated or hard thing, and anybody who's ever had a run-in with the police officers understand they can get PC real, real easily. And the fact that they didn't have enough probable cause to bring a charge doesn't make me as a Browns fan excited or happy or whatever because I still believe something happened. This ain't some saint here. But these stories have gotten so out of whack that that we we're so we're so far beyond the pale of knowing what happened that they couldn't even bring a charge on him. Exactly. And that 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 says there's way, way, way more than meets the eye and we are holding Watson to a standard of you are 100% guilty before you even see a courtroom or, or let us litigate this thing. Yeah. That yeah. I have, I that I have a problem with the media doing that. Oh, we're, we're back to the world of believe all women. And, and I'm not saying believe none of them, but, but believe all anybody is foolish and stupid. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, the deal, by the way, 
The Texans are going to get a first-round pick in 2022, 2023, and 2024, as well as a 2023 third-round pick and a 2024 fourth-round pick. Uh, I think it's a good move for the Texans. Go ahead and, and continue this rebuild. Make it work. Uh, this was, you know, we, we all knew it was eventually going to happen. Nick Casario is the, the GM for the Texans. And he said in a statement on Friday, he believed trading Watson was the right move for their organization. He said, our priority right now is adding talented players to the foundation we've already put in place over the last 15 months, and this trade supports that plan. Uh, as we navigate through the rest of the offseason, we remain open-minded to all avenues that allow us to improve our roster and add to our program. So now we've got three first-round picks, well, four first-round picks right now, I guess six if you if you count all three years, but they got an additional one in every single year. You can use that to go get a quarterback, or you can draft and rebuild your roster. And and that's exactly what right. the Texans have been talking about doing for quite some time. Uh, for the Browns... Well, they have to because that roster is bad. Yeah. Uh, for the Browns, the roster has been great other than maybe the quarterback position, right? And and they dealt yep. with a ton of injuries last year, et cetera. But this is a move that definitely makes them a Super Bowl contender, right? And, yeah. and we thought no, they, they were they, this past they, year. They in- yeah. No, they instantly moved into the realm of Super Bowl contender. We have to remember, there are people out there right now that are sitting all over this deal. Oh, Watson wasn't really that good when he played. Look at his number. Y'all are morons. You don't remember. This is a guy with a severely inept roster that had a 14-point lead in the going into the second half against the, the Patrick Mahomes Chiefs in Arrowhead the year they won the Super Bowl. Okay? They haven't played football since. But, but that, that's the last time we saw him, and he was unquestionably at that day and time the number two best quarterback in the league and it wasn't debatable okay now i don't think he's number two today you go that long without playing i think there's going to be some some getting your feet back in you um i also think the caliber of football has gone up you got a couple of guys like uh josh allen that have now stepped into the realm and, and Joey B and, and and a few others that are saying, hey, you know, we belong in that conversation too. But I'm going to tell you this, he's undoubtedly a top five quarterback. You can't name five guys that are better than him on the football field. You, you just can't. <laughs> and if you do, you're just lying to yourself. Man, that's it. They, uh, they currently have the eighth best odds, or eighth shortest odds, to win the Super Bowl in 2022, or, well, 2023, Super Bowl 57, right? Uh, they've got the exact same odds as the San Francisco 49ers, who we were very curious, you know, why why are the 49ers up that high, et cetera, and we thought it might have something to do with the, the fact that the 49ers might be trying to get a new quarterback. They could be going after Tom Brady, et cetera. Uh, so I think that this is kind of, they've calculated it in there that Watson could miss some time this year. He could miss the whole year. Yeah. You never know. But, I don't think there's any way he's going to do that. I think it's going to be around four to, to six games, maybe eight. Ben Roethlisberger got four or six. Zeke Elliott got four or six. Like, like all these guys have gotten about the same. You're talking about a realm where, where you know, I think I think Goodell's been horrible at his job. I also think he's he's been consistent with this. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, the next question for this is what happens with Baker Mayfield? Right, I, I would assume well, that with eighteen million dollars, like, like hell to trade him. Yeah, you got to find a trade partner for him, uh, much the same way that the Colts had to find one for Wentz. 
much the same way that the Falcons had to find one for Matt Ryan. But in this situation, you got a guy going into the last year of his deal. This will be basically a tryout year. I don't imagine that anybody is going to uh, take on Mayfield and go ahead and give him a new contract. But No, he's going to have to play out the deal. Yeah. Um, here's the problem, though. They're trying to trade him. They can't find a trade partner. That, that says more about the league's perspective of Baker. A lot of people in Cleveland have been hating on the Browns and the Browns' front office and all this stuff and whatever else. Listen, they they tried to trade Baker as part of this deal, and the Texans said, no, we'll take the pick. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I mean, that says something, right? Like, yeah. you can have a bona fide starting quarterback. No, we're good. We're good, okay? We got the giraffe back here, all right? You seen this guy's neck? Yeah, he can play. We're okay. It's uh, it's pretty crazy. Uh, two days ago, when all this stuff went down, he wanted to be traded to the Indianapolis Colts. And, he wants to be in the Colts. And the Colts went with a 36-year-old Matt Ryan, who will be 37 when uh, when the season uh, is finished. Yep. And I think that tells you a lot, right? Like, <laughs> that's right. No, that no. And here's the thing: everybody in the league might be wrong. Baker might get on somewhere, and he might prove everybody wrong. The, the problem is, is nobody. This, this is not – listen, they traded Case Keenum over the weekend, okay? They had no problems trading Case Keenum. They can't find a trade partner for Baker Mayfield right now. And, and I do not believe it is because they are asking for the moon. I don't think they're going into this thing trying to get a first-round pick for him. Or, uh, you know, or you know something crazy. Yeah, I think if they could get anything for him right now, I think they would they would make that move. Um, do you think it's crazy to think that they might just, uh, I mean, obviously they've already picked up his fifth-year option, but, you know, uh, I mean, do you cut him? Like, do you? <laughs> because well, I, no, I think the no, way that this went down. You, you'll, you'll, get, you'll get somebody to give you something for him by draft night. Um you know, even even if somebody's going to go into the draft hoping to get a quarterback and they're going to swing and they're going to miss and, you know, somebody's going to move in front of them and they're not going to be ready. And, and somebody will give you something for him. Um, but, but no, I, I just – because if you cut him, you, you owe him the money. Yeah. No, you're, you're not wrong about that. Uh, a few potential trade partners, at, you know, and there's a bunch of different articles about this. The most that I've seen is the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, that might would make sense. They don't have Russell Wilson right now, so we'll you know we'll see what's going on. And I, I don't think that the Seahawks believe that Drew Locke is going to be their guy. The Carolina Panthers, no. I think the I think we have figured out what the deal is with uh, Sam Darnold, so it will not be Darnold. But uh, but Tepper could go and get you know a, a young franchise kind of guy like Baker Mayfield. We'll we'll see. Uh, I saw a lot of saying you're going to get him on the cheap. You're, yeah. you're going to own the eighteen. But but it's not like he's going to cost you a, a lot in draft capital. I don't think. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. Uh, the I'm New Orleans this, Saints. I think the football team. I do think the football team is mad because they oh, didn't yeah. see this happening. They didn't see this coming. And I I believe I have my issues with Baker. I believe Baker is substantially. I mean substantially better than Carson Wentz. I think so too. I think so too. The Falcons might would make sense, obviously, but. All the all the reports right now are that it's going to be Marcus Mariota, but we'll see. Uh, the Saints have re-signed Jameis Winston since you and I have started talking, so I uh, yep. don't think it's going to be the Saints. I'm I'm curious. Uh, you know, I mean, it, could we see 
Baker Mayfield in Pittsburgh with the Steelers. Uh, who knows? Who knows? We'll, we'll see what ends up happening with that. But, you know, and I'll talk more about what the Steelers situation is in just a little bit. I did want to bring up Tom Brady. Now, Tom Brady over the weekend, uh, over the prior weekend, we didn't get to talk about it, but I did want to at least bring it up. He has unretired. I mean, it took, what, six weeks? Is that is that about how yeah. long it took? And I believe that you uh, got some got some nasty comments on Twitter when <laughs> when you made your comments about it. Uh, I I don't think you said anything crazy at all. But uh, but hang on, what, hang on, did I? I don't remember this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was not this past Sunday, but the Sunday before that. And basically, you were talking about yeah, I would rather work than than just be like oh, a stay at home. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that spiraled way out of control. Holy shit. Yes, it did. I couldn't even remember what that was about. I forgot that that was all started with Tom Brady. <laughs> but Tom Brady had spent yeah. six weeks at home with his family and then said, hey, you know what? I think I'd rather be playing football. And I don't know that yeah. I blame him. But nope. uh, But this was interesting that, you know, it became such a huge thing and he decided to I, – I don't like – when players do this, right? It reminds me of Brett Favre way too much. And and I don't believe that Tom Brady is being a diva. I think he's really struggling with the idea of not having football. I think that's the biggest issue here. He knows he can still play. Like you, I, you and I disagree on this. Right, you and go I ahead. disagree completely on this. Okay. He never he never wanted to retire to begin with. There you go. I, I think I think he wanted to work his way to get to San Francisco. I really believe that. I said it on this podcast the week after he retired. I think you said it before and he I retired. Think, and I, maybe I did. I think he thought the only way he could do it was if he retired, and then he chooses to come back, and Tampa Bay has kind of moved on um, at their quarterback position, and so they'd be willing to move him to San Francisco for something pretty reasonable, considering he'll be 45. Um he always said, he's always been honest about this, I will retire when I suck. And last year, he should have been the MVP. Okay, They gave it to, to Rodgers, and, and they just completely missed it. They just missed it. This 44-year-old man did, did so much more with less down in Tampa Bay than, than Rodgers could have ever done. And it's, it's just not close. Um, it, he, he didn't suck. He's one of the best quarterbacks in football today. Not his, not his record going into this year. If we just started ranking quarterbacks, he's he's still top five, top ten this year, right now, going to play. So um, he knows the, he looks at the landscape and he looks across the NFC and he says, "All I gotta do is beat Matt Stafford and Aaron Rodgers, and I've made it to the Super Bowl." <laughs> Give me that. Give me that. Because there ain't a quarterback in the NFC that scares him. Because he has yeah. owned, owned Aaron Rodgers his entire career. No, you, you are not wrong there. You are not wrong there. So we'll see what ends up happening with Brady. Uh, there, you know, it's kind of gotten quiet because of the NCAA tournament and everything. But I would imagine talks will pick back up once we get closer to draft night. And well. So, so I don't. So I think the thing that threw him off was he did get his bluff called by 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 the, you know, by the organization. Like they're not going to trade him. 
Like, you're, you're going to play football for us or you're not playing football at all. And I think he's okay with that. He, it just got far enough down the road to where he knew, you know, it was either time to, to come back now or, or don't come back. I think, he, I think this was all planned. You might be right about that. You might be right. But I told about that. you that. I told you that either before he retired or right, you know, right after he retired. We had that conversation. Yeah. No, we certainly did. We certainly did. You brought up Aaron Rodgers. Let's talk about what's going on with the Packers. The Packers have traded Devontae Adams to the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, this kind of surprised me because you just brought Aaron Rodgers back. And, you know, obviously you would think that they would want to make him happy, etc. Now, Devontae Adams' contract, they brought him back on a franchise deal, etc. But I'm... I'm just kind of confused as to why this would make sense uh, to to move him to the Raiders. I I just I don't know what. Uh, tell me your thoughts on this first. How's that? Uh, I think Devontae Adams. They didn't have a choice, right? Like he's a free agent. Well, I mean, they, they brought him. They, they franchised him. So no, in, he didn't sign the franchise tag. Oh, he didn't. I think he ah. went to the Raiders on a deal. I think he went to the Raiders on a free agent deal. They tried to franchise tag him, and he said, "I'm not signing the franchise tag." Uh, maybe that's it. Okay, it, obviously you and happened. I, you and I both were in Florida when this was going on. We, uh, yeah, when this happened, we were both out of town. But I was under the impression that he left as a free agent. Let's see. Green Bay acquires Raiders first and second round picks in the 2022 NFL Draft in exchange for Devonte Adams. Okay, so there is a trade involved then. I don't know what that trade is because I was under the impression that he wasn't going to sign the franchise tag unless he signed the franchise tag with the understanding that you're going to trade him. That, that had to have been it, right? No, that could have happened. That could have happened. It's, it's very strange because it, I can could, I could understand why Adams would not want to sign the franchise tag. Like, he, he wants yep. security and he wants it now. And I don't blame him because it, we all yep. know I would it, too. every snap could be your last when you're playing in the NFL. That's but right. this was uh, this was interesting that they couldn't figure out something to keep him in Green Bay, so they move him for a first and a second round pick in this year's draft. Uh, I will tell you this: if they don't sign a receiver for for Aaron Rodgers, I am curious what Rodgers is going to think about this, and and will he stick around for the last four years of this contract that he just signed? I I mean, this is absolutely insane. I just I I don't understand the the move. I guess I get it on on the Raider side. Obviously, anytime you can get a talent like this, you got to go do it. I mean, f them picks, right? Isn't that what the Rams said? Um, you know, yeah. get the proven commodity. Go get that. Like, there's nobody in the first or the second round this year. I don't know that there's anybody combined that you could get that would be as talented and as good as Devontae Adams is right now. So so you make the move, but as far as the Packers. I, I mean, you're trying to keep this window open as long as you can. I don't know that Adams moves you closer. or I don't know that moving Adams gets you closer to a Super Bowl again, right? No, no. That, this doesn't help the Packers at all. The Packers, I think the Packers are doing this, getting ready for a rebuild around Rodgers. And here's the thing. Like, we've seen a ton of receivers come out of the draft, be rookies, and play immediately and be great, right? Right. I, I, I think that's going to be their plan. I might be wrong about that, but I think that's going to be their plan. 
go and get your receiver on a rookie deal and and see what you can do yeah. with that. Because you've already got your yeah. quarterback, so now just get rid of some of that contract and and move on. Yeah, I could I could see that. I could see that. Uh, let me move to the Steelers right quick. The Steelers uh, somewhat shored up their quarterback situation, and they signed Mitch Trubisky. I am curious your thoughts here. Why don't you go ahead with this one? <laughs> oh, this one made me smile. This one made me happy. Um, uh, Mitch Trubisky might be the sixth best quarterback in the division right now. <laughs> uh, I don't that's, understand. That's neither here nor there. Like, I, um, I'll I, tell you I this, though. This. Hang on. All right, I say that, and that's and that's a little that's a whole lot of tongue in cheek. That was rude. That was not called for. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you this. I, I think Mitchell's better than Ben was last year. Yeah, I think I'll I'll say this: if Trubisky comes in and shows just insane improvement, uh, Brian Dable needs to be getting paid more than he's getting paid as the head coach of the Giants. Because if if he could completely switch Josh Allen into a franchise quarterback. And and maybe do the same thing for Mitch Trubisky, and that would be uh, almost a miracle because we saw what Trubisky was for multiple years under Matt Nagy at uh, at the Bears. So uh, this is another one of those where you know what he is, or at least what you think he is, and that's what the Steelers have decided to go with. You've still got Mason Rudolph as your backup. You've got Mitch Trubisky now, I guess, slated as your starter. But I just can't believe that this is the only quarterback move that the Steelers are going to make, right? I mean, surely surely you think that they've got something else up their sleeve. No, I think this is their guy. I, I, I wonder if maybe they are just so convinced that their defense is really good and they just need a guy that's not going to screw it up and they're hoping that Trubisky has fixed all the – all the mechanical problems, all the decision-making problems, all that, and and maybe he just won't get them beat. Like, maybe that's it? Uh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Look at how their offense has been the last couple of years. I mean, it's very much been a, you know, we're going to win this on defense. We're going to, you know, we're going to bend but don't break. You know, don't turn the ball over. Play smart, and we'll be okay. Yeah, I don't know that you're going to win a Super Bowl with Mitch Trubisky. You you might be able to make the playoffs. I mean, my God, they made the playoffs this year, and they were putrid. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Ugh. I wouldn't put anything past Tomlin, though. I'm just going to tell you that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it only only coach in the NFL right now that uh, that has had, what, 16 straight non-losing seasons? So he had that one yeah. eight and 8-8 eight year in there. But, you know, I, I'm I'm curious. I'm very curious. This seemed like such a weird deal. Uh, finally, we close out with this. Uh, the $8 million NIL deal that came out, uh, I guess, at the beginning of last week. The Athletic reported on it, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I shared it out and said, yeah, I've got an idea of who this could be. Because I, I had been told by some people that are relatively well-connected uh, who it is and what school it was. And it, it's it's Nico. Uh, I am. I, I can't even say it. <laughs> <laughs> I am Ali Yavava, I, whatever. Nico, the quarterback, the number seven player in this upcoming class. He has committed to Tennessee, and that was the deal, right? And it's still not confirmed and whatnot, but that's that's everything that I've been told. It's an $8 million NIL deal from a collective of boosters at the University of Tennessee. 
And while this is a huge, huge boost in recruiting, all of the people that are online, Chris, that are just bashing this and, oh, Tennessee just bought a player and blah, like that. Of course, you got him to recruit to, or you got him to commit to Tennessee because he made $8 million off his contract and whatever, whatever. Uh, look, it, you, recruiting has completely changed, right? Recruiting in college football is completely different now than it ever was before because all of the money is being handled above board. You can see it. It's out there in the open. I think it would have been dumb for Tennessee not to use this to their advantage. Uh, the relationship is still going to win you the commitment. Because he was going to make money anywhere he goes. It may not have been $8 million, but he would be making money. Like, this kid is a stud, stud quarterback. And in that Josh Heupel offense, he is going to do fantastic things. But uh, but I'm curious your thoughts on the people that are bashing all these NIL deals. Look, the kids are going to make money. And I don't think it changes anything about recruiting. I think this is, if you got it, why would you not use it, right? This is This is just jealousy. That's all it is. It's just people who are upset, who are butthurt, and as soon as their school does it, they'll be happy as a clam, and they'll be crazy excited and all this other stuff. But they're just they're just butthurt. That's all. That's the only thing I can say. This is blind jealousy. Oh, hey, I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you that. How about, how about we change the roles around? I guarantee you, if Jeremy Pruitt was still the head coach at Tennessee right now, it doesn't matter if you offer this kid $8 million. He ain't coming to be the quarterback in that offense. It ain't happening. But in Josh Heupel's yep. offense, he can actually do something. So, I'll agree with that. Yeah, that's, that's the thing that actually shocked me about all of this was, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's an $8 million NIL deal. I still don't think that that matters. Everybody's got money. Everybody's spending money, and they're giving it to these recruits. The recruits are still going where they think they can do the best job. Bottom line. Well, so here's the – hang on. But here, so here's here's an argument that I've got. Okay, this okay. is what bothers me the most. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna crush this kid or and or Tennessee for for what what they have done right in this situation. But how is leaving and going to play for money any different than kids leaving and going to play where it's just easy to win a title? Like we've seen guys that were, you know, you're the, you're the number one quarterback in your class and you're leaving and you're going to go play in a system where that last year they recruited the number one quarterback in the class and next year they recruit the number one quarterback. Like, you're just ring chasing, man. Like, yeah. you're, you're they're four deep at your position and, and you're going to play at that school. Like, how is this – how is going to play for money any different than that? Or going to the place that uh, that you know will best develop you, right? Like, if you're – in the past, you were going to the place that you knew could get you to the NFL. And that's that's what a lot of them are still doing. But it's it's all very much the same thing, right? I think they're all still looking for the same stuff. I, I think that this kid, Nico, believes that going to play for Josh Heupel will get him more prepared for the NFL. And the NIL stuff is just an added bonus. Like he's going to be taken care of for fought, life anyway. I have fought too. I have fought too damn hard, too damn long against too many dumbass people for kids to start getting paid above board and 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 really get what their worth is for for me to get bad because other schools are getting guys and my school might not get that guy or I got to compete against him. I'm just not going to do it. I'm just I'm just not. 
I'm not. I think right is right and wrong is wrong. And and the way college sports have absolutely taken poor black kids and manipulated the hell out of them and used them to make obscene amounts of money for rich white guys is is something that I don't care. I do not care that this kid is making a lot of money, and I do not care that A&M or, or, or Tennessee or any of these other schools are paying them disgusting amounts of money. Good for them. And if they piss it all away and in 10 years they're broke, how the hell is that any different than people who have won the lottery and pissed it all away? Or prize fighters who make hundreds of millions of dollars and then piss it all away. But at least they have their shot at life. They have their shot at doing something special. They have their shot at changing their stars for their family for years and years to come. I cannot be jealous about that. I cannot be upset about that. I won't be. I don't blame you. I'm I'm right there with you. I, I want right my school you. to get involved. Right now, we got we got one rich ass attorney that's paying everybody. Okay, no, no, no. we got big boosters. <laughs> get off your ass and come up with some money. Like come up with something. Y'all do something. <laughs> All right, Chris. Was there anything else that uh, that you felt like hitting on before we wrap this thing up? No, man, I'm good, brother. All right, I think on uh, on Friday's show we're going to hit on some major league baseball stuff before the season begins, so be prepared for that. Uh, we'll probably talk some more about the NCAA tournament, etc. And uh, and who knows what college football or the NFL will bring us in the time that we are away. But in the meantime, Chris, I'll I'll go ahead and let you go, and I'll wrap this thing up. All right. Thank you, buddy. All right. Be good, bud. All right. So that is going to wrap up Winning Cures Everything for the Tuesday, March 22nd edition of the show. We appreciate all of you for being here. You guys are fantastic. Thank you so much for watching and supporting the show. Again, if you are not subscribed, make sure you do so. Whatever podcast app you are on, if it's on one that allows you to review it, go ahead and hit that button for us. Five-star review certainly helps us out. Thumbs up on the YouTube video. And make sure that you are subscribed. If you're already subscribed on the podcast, hit that unsubscribe button, resubscribe. Go ahead. Go ahead and knock that thing out. All right. That is going to wrap it up for today. You guys have been fantastic. And of course, before you see us again, we will have Sweet 16 games in the books. Pay attention to my Twitter account. I will probably put out something on some games, of some betting on those games. I am looking at some lines right now. We'll see. We'll see what they look like. With that said, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. You guys take care of yourself, take care of each other, and hopefully, hopefully, all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app, visit the website at winningcureseverything.com, or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at bet mgm 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 